The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, in breaking news, Murphy is the most popular surname in Ireland, continues to be the most popular surname in Ireland. It is according to the CSO. Uh, They have released an awful lot of uh, data today. Uh, Their year in review findings is how they describe it. Jill O'Mahony is with me. She's a sociology professor at the Southeast Technological University. Uh, Jill, it is uh, good to talk to you and Happy New Year. Um, What stood out for you amongst all of this? Hi, Happy New Year to yourself too. Um, I suppose... What jumped out at me was that, I mean, on a, there's both positive and negative to be taken from this, but um, on a negative, I suppose, the renting sector is still, it's still a difficult world for people, you know, and three quarters of those who lived in rented accommodation said that they felt like they would never be able to own their own home. And I think that's certainly um, a recurring theme over the last couple of years and seems to be quite problematic for for the young people coming through um, college and going into the working world now. So that's on the the negative front. What was positive in this? Well, I suppose some of the positives were that people who were working actually were quite satisfied in their jobs, Mm. um, which is great to hear. And, you know, I think part of that is due to the fact that over COVID, um, employers were striving to become um, more versatile, more, um, I suppose, amenable to, um, you know, a different type of working approach that people were working from home. People were doing a hybrid model or, you know, spending half the week at home, half of it in the office. Um, and so, and that's kind of leftover, that's a leftover reality, uh, you know, since COVID. So that's certainly a positive. Um, and I think that's adding to people's satisfaction rates um, or levels rather. Uh, so hopefully there'll be more of that coming into, yeah. the, into the future. Yeah, I, 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 I find it interesting you, you highlighted that because it's something that stood out for, for me as well that, you know, a majority of people, a, a, a more than three quarters of people, um, about three quarters of people, like kind of happy in their work, content in their yeah. work life and have no problem, the majority of those have no problem making ends meet. You know, and I think sometimes, and the media can be guilty of this, Jill, that, you know, we talk about the cost of living crisis as if it affects everybody equally. It doesn't. There are people who are affected, but they're getting on grand. And at the other end of the spectrum, there are people who are really acutely impacted. They are, yeah. And and that kind of, I suppose, brings us back to the issue of those who are stuck in rental accommodation. Um, You know, even even the stat that uh, 10% of those people that rent feel like they're unable to afford clothes for their children. Now, that's compared to 1% of owner-occupied households. And we're not talking about, you know, excess things. We're not talking about, you know, um, you know the, new, the new FIFA 23, <laughs> the new FIFA game or the, you know, the yeah. new computer console or whatever. We're talking about clothes. We're talking about people not being able to afford, you know, food for their, for their, um, for their kids. So there is that issue, um, and it, it seems to be all around the really, um, you know, the rising cost in, in renting uh, accommodation in Ireland, the rising cost in being able to run our own homes when we consider, um, you know, electricity and, and gas bills, etc. So that's certainly something moving into 2023. Um, we certainly need to look at uh, on a governmental um, from the government's perspective. And what's interesting as well in 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 the different ways different genders deal with mm-hmm. that that uh, uh, more straightened ties. Men much more likely to ask for pay rises than women. 
Well, that's that's not a change, you know. Men yeah. are always happier to ask for pay rises. Uh, and you know what? They they get it more as well. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's kind of definitely uh, one of the things I find most frustrating. Um, when, even when women do ask for um, a pay rise, they're still less likely to get it than, than a man. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a few things going on here. We always talk about this idea of the confidence gap. So women seem to have less confidence to kind of uh, push for that pay rise uh, and to ask for it in the first instance. And, you know, we, could, we can connect that to lots of different things, I suppose, from a sociological perspective. You can talk about the fact that historically, you know, women are the uh, primary caregiver when it comes to children. And that kind of seeps out into other areas. So, for example, we're the first point of, uh, port of call. If a school has an issue with a child, whether they're unwell or, uh, and all mm. of that kind of thing. So women are usually trying to balance more than just the working sphere. So they can, um, they have to divide their time a little bit more than men seem to have to. And, and, and that yeah. is still the case. And if men putting the hand up and, and looking for more money, it's something that hasn't changed. One thing that I suspect possibly has, or maybe it's, what's changed is that we have now a, a kind of more of a label for it, is one of the main reasons people spend time outdoors, one of the main reasons they cited it, was improving their mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. I'd wager if you asked that question 20 years ago, mental health wouldn't have been high up on the list. People, people mightn't have realised they were doing it for their mental health. <laughs> there was that benefit. But does that, does that speak to maybe a willingness, uh, an increased Absolutely. willingness of people to acknowledge the importance of taking care of your mental I health? I think so. And I do think that's a really positive, um, you know, message coming through from these statistics that, you know, I think regardless of the age group, it seems to be, uh, you know, running across all age groups that people are, you know, trying to go outside, they're getting that fresh air, they're going for hikes, they're going for, you know, they're going sea swimming because obviously there's a difference between sea swimming and any other type of swimming. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, people are really making that extra effort. And I think that COVID really gave people a, a kind of a, I don't know, a nudge um, to take stock and to take kind of maybe control of their own mental health a little bit more and not to be afraid of, you know, saying those words, you know, I'm feeling a little bit down. I need to kind of, you know, do something about it, get out, go for walks. And, you know, all research does show that when we get exercise, our spirits rise, we feel better, our bodies are happier. And and that's, you know, that's something that's part of our everyday discussion and chat mm. now, which I think you're absolutely right, would not have happened 20 years ago. So there's a few things, but definitely uh, I think COVID is one of the, the main instigators in that change in cultural perception and shift. Well, they're always interesting, uh, these big data dumps from the CSO. Uh, this is the, the, the first of their uh, review, year in review um, publications, and you can find it on the CSO website. Uh, Jill, always a pleasure and Happy New Year again. Jill O'Mahony is a sociology professor at the Southeast Technological University. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.